Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Would you please go to God and pray with me? Oh God, I, I love hearing the call about one body. And that's what you have called us to do as your church. We are one body. We have been invited to, to be a part of the work that you are already doing around us. So, Lord, as we conclude this series today, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. I tell you, it is so much fun actually looking up and seeing people and not just a camera right there to, to look into. Thank you so much for being here, and, and, and again, for those of you who are still at home online, thank you for continuing to worship with us online. I know we are all wanting all of this to end quickly, so we continue to pray, but we also continue to minister to one another. So as I said, we're concluding our series today on the Apostles' Creed. Over the past five weeks, we've been talking about this, this creed that we have said Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And if you're like me, I know sometimes when it comes time to say the Apostles' Creed, you kind of glaze over. And you just say the words because, well, this is what we're supposed to do at this time. We, we say these words. And we don't really take a time to think about what exactly those words mean. So that's why we're doing the series. We're, we're, we're taking a look over all of the Apostles' Creed because I still believe firmly as the first uh, Sunday that we talked about the Apostles' Creed, the first Sunday of this series, I, I quoted Rich Mullins who wrote a song called Creed, which was basically the Apostles' Creed put to music. But in the refrain of that, that, that song, he borrowed words from G.K. Chesterton who in his uh, book, Orthodoxy, he talked about how the faith or, or, or the creeds that we profess, we don't make that stuff up. These aren't words that, that we just say, but in all actualities, these words actually make us. They, they, they help build who we are. And, and today we're going to really take a look at how the, this creed isn't just something about the triune God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but it invites us also to be a part of the work that God is doing around us. Today we're going to talk about the last two statements, I believe in the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. But if we added what we talked about last week about the church, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, then the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. This is for us. 
This is for us to realize that, that when we talk about our faith, our faith is not just something about a God that is out there somewhere and, and hopefully listening to what we have. It's about a relationship. It, it's about a way to us to, to draw each other in as a community but also know that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit has already invited us in to be a part of their community. And I couldn't think of any better scripture to talk about that than from Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 5. I invite you to hear as we go to God's Word. Paul writes, For by the grace given me I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us have one body with many members, these members do not have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. That that very, very last sentence of our scripture, each member belongs to all the others. Isn't that a beautiful way to think of how the creed just, just folds all of this in together? When we talk about the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting, that area reminds us that, that we belong to each other. And the things that we profess in this creed helps remind us how we are called to live our lives. First, we talk about forgiveness, the forgiveness of sins. My friends, forgiveness is key. It's something that we hold on to, especially when we talk about our salvation, about how we have been forgiven our sins but that then also turns to our task and duty to forgive the sins of others. Jesus gives us a picture of this in Matthew chapter 18 when the disciples are, are coming to talk to them, and Peter comes and asks Jesus, Lord, how many times am I to forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. So this, this act of forgiveness is not just something that we do once and we say that we're done. The act of forgiveness is something that we continue to participate in. Lord knows that I have a lot of things that I need to ask forgiveness for, and hopefully I am. But, you know, I know that the relationships that we have with one another and the relationship that we have with God deals and lands on forgiveness. We are so thankful that God has forgiven us, so it is our task and job to turn that forgiveness for others. And I can go on and on and talk more about forgiveness, but I'm going to wait and hold that because the next series that we're going to talk about is the Lord's Prayer. And we'll have a whole week where we talk about what does it mean when we say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. The next thing I want to quickly touch on was the resurrection of the body. The resurrection of the body is central and key to the Christian faith. 
We, we professed that earlier in the section about Jesus, how he was raised from the dead and now is ascended at the right hand of God. But the good news is, is that resurrection is not just for Jesus, that each and every one of us will be able to participate in the resurrection of the body. And, and here's one of the reasons why I think that's important and why that's true. It's because matter matters to God. Matter matters to God. That the, the flesh and bones that, that we have, the, the creation all around us. We, we hear in the creation narrative or the creation poem where God stops after he creates man and woman and he says it is very good. So, so the act of, of God restoring us and, and resurrecting our body isn't something that, that talks about how we're, we're, there's a, a finality to what it is, and it's the second act, but it is all about our fallenness and how God comes in the midst of our sinfulness and will make good and bring the perfection, the human project he began way back in the Garden of Eden. See, it is so important that we make sure we understand the full story of salvation that begins with the creation of humankind. We also see how matter matters to God because Jesus came and took on flesh to, to, to live as one of us, to, to, to spend life and to know what it means to hurt to know what it means to mourn, to know what it means to have joy, to, to know what it means to be betrayed or denied. But through his birth, through a virgin, suffering under Pontius Pilate, his crucifixion, being dead and buried, Christ taking human form helps us see that through Christ that we also receive restoration. Restoration, I, I, I love that word, how, how, how beautiful that word is. God will come and completely restore his work that he's already begun. He'll, he'll redeem our bodies as well as our souls. Indeed, the entire cosmos will be gathered in a new unity that is an ultimate healing. Reconciliation brings everything together through Christ. Theologian Dallas Willard, he has a quote in one of his books that says this, talking about humankind, it says, you are a never-ceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. Isn't that beautiful? We're, we're not just here on earth just to, to go by day after day after day. No, we are a never-ceasing spiritual being. And we have the joy and privilege and honor to live in an eternal destiny in God's great universe. So when we talk about being a part of the resurrection of the dead, we, we, we proclaim that. We, we hold that as a beautiful truth. But my friends, the fact of the matter is, all of this is set up for life everlasting. So a question, when does life everlasting start? When does that start for us? 
it doesn't start when we pass away. It starts right here and now. We are living life everlasting each and every day. We, we take a breath into our lungs and exhale. We, we continue this life everlasting because it is a good and beautiful gift that God has given each and every one of us. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 says it this way. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. But stop right there. Do you hear that? Since then, you have been raised. Not here in a little while, you'll be raised with Christ. No, since then, right here and now, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, not, again, not one of those promises that down the road Christ is going to become your life. No, Christ right now is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. See, that, that glory of God is, is here for us right now, and we are being called to live into it. James Bryant Smith, who uh, we had as a, a guest preacher during the time of COVID, we had one of his uh, messages. He uh, has written several books, and in his book, The Good and Beautiful Life, he writes, spiritual life is not a life of laws and precepts, but a life of participation, affection, and love. It's a life mingled and mixing with God. See, the spiritual life, this life that we live, isn't about rules and regulation. It is about an opportunity to participate, to participate in what God is doing around us, and we do this as our scripture said earlier from Romans, through love, through living in the love that we have through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, having that mingled and mixed together with God gives us a hope that we can continue to live and function and, and, and thrive with God as our Savior. So that's why we celebrate communion. And, and, and even though we're still not fully doing communion like we would like to do communion, but when we take the opportunity to take the bread and receive the cup, we talk about the promises that God has already given us, and we live into the good news ourselves, that we're reminded that since Christ broke himself for us, we have life and life abundantly. So my hope and my prayer, my friends, is that as we continue to, to grow, as we continue to affirm the words of the Apostles' Creed, we know that God is there for and with us and will give us the life that he desires us to live. Let us pray. Oh God, it is so good to have people back around the table again 
But we know that this table does not just end here in this building. It is extended out to the world around us. Lord, as we continue to live into the creed through the creation of our Father, through the redemption of the Son, and for the sanctification and renewal given to us by the Holy Spirit, allow us to live into this gift of bread and cup so that we may be the church that you have called us to be. So be with us as we gather at this table again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.